Hey friend, I hope that you are having a good week. For me, and I hope for you, my goal is to inspire you, is that your goal is that in your homeschooling lifestyle, your family and each individual person is thriving. Now, this is not just in our homeschool, in what we think of as our formal education parts of our life, but what I mean is in all aspects of life. Now, if you missed it, I did a series called the Living Well series, and you can find that back in episodes between 54 and 60. They're scattered in there. It is a five-part series, and I'm bringing that up because I dove into five different roles that we play as homeschool moms, not that we play, but we are intentional about, that we carry out, let's say that instead. But I talked about just those different roles and how we should be doing them well and how when we do them well, we can be thriving. So after this, if you didn't listen to that series, you can go back and listen to that. But part of ourselves and our entire family to thrive and to be moving forward and to be having joyful days Part of that is maintaining our home, all of us, like so much study and research shows us that we can all think best when we are not stressed in our environment. And so the goal is not that our home is perfect because that leads to stress as well. Stress in mom trying to maintain a perfect home and then stress in the children who are so afraid of messing up something in the home. That doesn't mean that we don't respect our home and that maybe we don't have certain rules about behavior that is acceptable and not acceptable in your home. That's not what I'm talking about. But when it just comes to everything having to be perfect in its place and everything is pristine and kids can't touch anything, that adds stress because it, and then it adds stress to the relationship. So what we want to do, the goal really should be to maintain an orderly home, One that doesn't cause stress for us, one that doesn't cause stress for our family, but one that we can all enjoy being in, one that we can enjoy bringing other people into our home, and one that adds life to us, doesn't suck our life out of us. So how do we maintain an orderly home as a homeschool mom? Because we know this homeschool mom thing, it is 24-7. It takes a lot of our time and our energy and our thoughts and just everything we do. And that's the blessing of this season of life is that we get to pour into our home and those that are in our home. So the goal is not a perfect home, but we should maintain an orderly home so that our family can think and we can prosper and we can grow and we can be enriched and we can have peace and contentment within our home. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Let's start this episode here with you closing your eyes, I want to tell you a little bit, I want to kind of guide you through something. Now, if you're driving right now, 
don't close your eyes, okay? You can come back and do it or just imagine you have your eyes closed and be thinking through this, but still pay attention to your driving. So if you're doing something else other than maybe washing the dishes or folding laundry or just sitting and listening to this, then maybe don't. But if you can, close your eyes. I want you to imagine walking into a home, door opens up, and as you step in, it maybe is not an expensive home. There might not be extravagant things on the walls. There might be not be uh, expensive furniture, but there's a place to put your shoes. There's a place to hang your jacket. There's smiling faces to greet you. There's a smell. You smell maybe, maybe there's strawberry pie that's baking in the oven or is just taken out and it's sitting on the counter inviting you to come in and take a slice. But as you walk through the home, you are noticing that there are, there's little touches, some touches of beauty. There's a flower that was cut from the flower garden and it's on the dining room table, but you're able to move around in this home. You could have a seat on the couch. There might be some books nearby. You could grab one. There might be those that are living in the home that are available to sit and to chat with you. There's no, there's nothing that has to be removed from the couch in order for you to have a seat. There uh, is, I mean, you could go and use their bathroom and there's soap and clean linens. And again, nothing extravagant. It's just a home, any ordinary home. But something that you notice is that there is order to the home. There are places for things. Things that belong in the kitchen are in the kitchen. Things that belong in the bedroom are in the bedroom. Things that belong in the basement or the garage are in the basement or the garage. They're not in the kitchen. They're not in the living room. You just notice that there is a semblance to the home. You're able to move about. You're able to get the things that you need. You're offered things as you're a guest there. Would you like a slice of that strawberry pie? You don't have to go and take it. They'll, they'll offer you some. But you're just noticing there is a feel to it. There is a peace. There is a calmness. And there is a contentment. Because things are orderly within the home. And again, things maybe aren't fashionable. They might not be the latest styles or trends. But there is just a feeling that you just feel good. You feel safe. You feel cared for. You feel like you could just stay a while. <laughs> Can you just picture that in your mind? I hope so. And before we go on, if you are enjoying these podcast episodes, you don't want to miss any, maybe you can always check your app, and maybe you'd like a little bit more from me, I send a little bit more information and a little bit more of a glimpse into homeschooling in my home and just kind of whatever happens to be on my heart as well in a weekly email. If you are not receiving that email, go ahead and check the link in the show notes. All you have to do is just put in your email address. Boom, it's done. You don't have to do anything else and look for once a week. I'll be sending an email to you. Now, if you did sign up for weekly emails and you're not getting them, check your spam, check your promotions folder check somewhere and then mark it as an email that you'd like to receive in your inbox. That way you can see it then. Okay. So check the link in the show notes. And if you are getting emails, but you're not getting them, then go ahead and check to see where they are and what folder and then make a note so that you can see them each week. Now I know that orderliness in a home comes more easily to some of us than it does for others of us. And this isn't meant for anybody to feel proud or ashamed um, I hope that either way, whether it's something that's easy for you or difficult for you, that you'll listen through and get a couple of tips here. So if anybody was to show up to my house unannounced, which actually kind of regularly happens, 
I'm not embarrassed. Not because I'm the type of person that doesn't care, like, oh, I'm, you know, the house is a wreck and falling over and stuff, and I just don't really care what you think about it. Not that we should necessarily think, care that much. There's like a balance there, okay? Well, that's a whole nother episode, maybe. But not that I don't care, like, I don't really care what you kind of think about me sort of thing, but my home is orderly, so it doesn't matter to me if somebody shows up. I also have a regular cleaning schedule, so... I know that things should be fairly clean, as in sanitary kind of clean. But I mean, again, you show up, you get what you get, and you don't get upset sort of thing is also a bit of my motto. But I can say that easily because if someone shows up, I can easily say, here, have a seat, let's sit, let's chat. You know, they can kind of jump into our lives. And I'm not embarrassed by the state of my home. And you might be saying, oh, well, that's because you have older kids. You don't have little kids. I actually felt the same exact way when they were little. I was able to maintain an orderly home because it was important to me, but I also saw that by doing that, I was more calm. I was less prone to angry outbursts. When my house was a wreck, I was more prone to that. I was prone to just blowing my lid, blowing my top, whatever that saying is, just getting upset about little things because it just stressed me out. I have found for my kids that they can study, they can do their schoolwork, they can work on their projects, whatever it is, when they are in an environment that is orderly, because it reduces the stress. Our brain doesn't have to think about that mess over there. It can just concentrate on what we're doing. Now, some of my kids are more naturally orderly than others. But to be honest, right now at this season, as I'm looking around and thinking about their bedrooms, I don't know if any of them are extra orderly right now, but but I'm giving them a little bit of a pass because their lives are all super full and working and that kind of stuff. But when they go to work on things, I will say to them, you know, as teens, I don't want to go in and clean their room. It's to me, it's a little bit of a sign of disrespect. I can encourage them. And if it's really bothersome to me, I can simply close the door to their room. However, when I have said to them, when they've just been a little stressed out, working on something. So my 17 year old, my middle kiddo with his business, I'll go in, he's got papers and he's got checks and he's got, you know, all this stuff everywhere, all over his desk. He has a huge desk. James made him his built in desk. And I think it's, I don't know, seven, eight feet long. It's actually really cool. And I'll say to him, if you get this cleaned up, you'll be able to focus more and he'll do it. And he's like, Oh, wow. Okay. You know, he's able to get that uh, accounting and the processing of bills and whatever he was working on. He's able to get that done in a faster amount of time because he could just put his head down and do that and not have to worry about the clutter everywhere. So as your kids get older, there is more of a, let's say instruction and encouragement, and then they have to decide for themselves. Now, I wasn't always like this. I was not an orderly person. And my mom is probably, you know, it's been like 30 years since me, my heyday of messiness. And she still is a little bit shocked. She enjoys coming to my house. And I think she probably is still a little bit in shock. But anyway, I'm not embarrassed if anybody just shows up because there's order to the home. There might be a mess here and there. There might be some cleaning that needs to be done. There might be some laundry that's in the middle of being done. That's okay because overall there is an orderly feel. And if this is something that you struggle with, it's okay. I struggled with it too. So there is hope for everyone, and I'm excited to give you a couple of simple, easy ideas that you can implement right now. Now I'm going to say easy might be like in quotes, you're like, 
That's not easy for me because depending on how deep down the hole you are, are you ready to get started? Okay. Number one, the first thing is you have to reduce the stuff in your home. If your home is not orderly, you have to reduce the stuff. Okay. Here's a silly kind of example. You open up your drawer in your kitchen and maybe you have to like really fight it to open up, but you open it up and you find two potato mashers because you know, those things make opening drawers very difficult and they make closing drawers very difficult. So you have two potato mashers. I want you to stop and think, really? When's the last time you used it? Cause I don't know about you, but I don't mash my potatoes with a potato masher. I, if I'm going to make mashed potatoes, I put them into my mixer put some butter, some salt, make it taste real good. And I just turn that sucker on and guess what? It mashes my potatoes. There is no reason for me in my house to have a potato masher. Years ago, I had one. I think I probably registered for it and when we were getting married and I, but I thought for so many years, well, someone gave this to me, you know, I wanted it. Someone gave it to me, so I must keep it. Nope, 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 nope. Do you even need one potato masher? No? Then I want you to get rid of both of them. I want you to stop and look around. Are the things in your home, are they adding to your life or taking from your life? Are they, this sounds kind of like cliche, but is it bringing you joy? Is it functional? Is it something that you actually utilize? Again, there's going to be things that we might only utilize once a year. I know I've given this example before. So say you do a lot of canning. Well, you're going to need the pressure cooker. You're going to need all those supplies during a short season. That doesn't mean you get rid of it during the other season. You find a nice place to be able to store it in your home and you store it and you put it aside and then you'll take it out again the next season. But if there are things in your home that you are not using and you have not used or you have piles of clothing or too much clothing, stop and realistically look. How much clothing does my four-year-old really need? Now you can go extreme. You can go all minimalist. I'm not necessarily a minimalist, but I want you to reduce the stuff in your home. If it is not something that has to be there, then go ahead and get rid of it. Bring it to the thrift store. Someone else will buy it and they'll be so excited about it. It'll maybe add life to them and their home and bring them joy. I remember pre-children, I had so many little knickknacks. It would take me forever to dust my house. And we didn't even have a big house. I think that's back when we had an apartment and a townhouse, so many little knickknacks. And over the years I would find, because they would pick these knickknacks up and they would maybe drop them and going to break them. And I didn't want them to break them. Finally, it was like, okay, I took all these knickknacks and I put them and I'm storing them and I'm not bringing them back out. And then I just moved it to a new house. I was like, this is silly. This is absolutely silly. Let's, let's get it out of the house. Let's not, let's not keep it here. So start to look around go through a great place to start is in your kitchen. Like I mentioned, the potato mashers go through the drawers. What are you actually using? For example, I have a Vitamix, but then I also had a blender and a little ninja thing and this and that. I was like, wait, why do I have all of these things? The Vitamix can do all of those things. I dropped them off at the thrift store. Somebody else probably bought them and is very happy because they didn't have a Vitamix. So go through the kitchen. That's a great place to start. How many containers do you need to hold leftovers? Like, well, at Thanksgiving we need, so for once a year, is that worth it to you to hold on to? If yes, then go ahead. You have to ask yourself these hard questions. Okay. But the first thing is to reduce the stuff in your home. If you want your home to be orderly. Number two, 
the things that have now made the cut, the things that you didn't sell to yard sale or give to a friend or donate to a thrift store, everything else, I want you to find a place for everything. I know the saying is a place for everything and everything in its place. So that would be a perfect home would be like that. An orderly home, I more so would say a place for everything and hopefully most of the things are in their place. But if we need to do a quick cleanup or pickup, we can easily do that. When there is a place for everything, people know. Those that are in your home, they know where things go. Imagine that instead of having to instruct where things go. The really fun thing about kids is, I don't know if it's fun or not, but so something that I've noticed about kids is when you do something, like you could do something once or twice, and they're like, that's the way it's always done. That's a tradition. That's what we do. And when it comes to things, they are so observant. You'll put something somewhere one time in there. So say you put something, a little knickknack on your nightstand. They think that that knickknack always goes there. Or say you have a water bottle. Every night I put a water bottle on my nightstand in case I want to drink a water during the night. And so little kids would be like, if they saw the water bottle somewhere else, they would pick up the water bottle and go and put it on your nightstand because that's where they say this is where it belongs. So when we have a place for everything, it makes it helpful, so much more helpful, especially when you have little children, which we'll get into number three here soon. This is like a little spoiler alert. It makes it easier for them to know where things go. This should be in for every single room in your house. And then when you've done that, when you've tackled that, then you can go down to the basement, check the attic, and then out to the garage. But let's just focus on the the living part of the house. And so now you've reduced the stuff in your home. You have a place for everything. Maybe you have baskets or bins, or you have containers that you can slide underneath beds. Those are like the best things ever invented. Number three. Your children, they must help. I know I've said this before. It is non-negotiable because guess what? They probably make most of the mess. Every child of any age, I mean, except babies, to a certain extent, maybe babies can be helpful, you know, older, maybe closer to one or something. They can, they're really good about finding like the TV remote, right? And you can always ask them where that is and they can put that away. But of any age, children can help. And they absolutely should help. One thing that we did for many years, uh, James worked some crazy shifts up until about seven years ago. So for like the first, I guess, uh, half to two thirds of our marriage, that he worked some crazy shifts. When he was there for a little while working a shift and he would get home around 5, 5.30, I would set a timer about a half an hour or so before for about 15 minutes. I don't even remember the name that I called it. I probably called it some silly name. I put on maybe some worship music or some fun, silly music, set the timer on the oven for 15 minutes. Uh, not, I wouldn't turn the oven on just like a little timer above it. You know what I'm talking about, right? So I'd set it for 15 minutes. Everybody could see how much time was left as they would pass through the kitchen. And sometimes I would give each kiddo a specific room or maybe there was one room, we had a finished basement at that point, and that one would be destroyed every single day. And so we would all work on that. I'd give them maybe zones or just specific tasks, set the timer 15 minutes, and we were able to, because they knew where everything went, it was very easy for them to dance and to sing and to act a little silly, pick up things. Kids have so much energy. Let's also capitalize on the amount of energy that they have 
And when you're like in a finished basement and you have something that needs to go up to the second floor to someone's bedroom, as long as it's not breakable or it's not going to damage anything, let them carry it up the stairs and go into it. I'm not advocating for you to be lazy, but I'm just saying, let's get some of their energy out. But children must help. So you could have a specific time that you're going to clean up, have them also clean up during the day. Maybe you function better on make a big mess here. Okay, let's clean it up before you go make a big mess somewhere else. Whatever it is, you're going to work for you, but children must help. And the last thing I want to mention here is an absolute game changer. And I want you to set yourself up for success at night. When the kiddos have gone to bed, maybe there's a little bit of straightening up to do. Maybe there's some cleaning that you didn't quite get to. What I want you to do is I want you to get the kitchen cleaned up. I want you to get away the big dishes, the big pots and pans that you've washed, dry them, get them put away. Don't waste your evenings on mindless TV or social media. During this season of life, when we are homeschooling our children, when we are maintaining a home, when we are a wife, we want to be so present. And I think of it for myself, like I am on a mission right now. This is my season of life. And I want to be the best version of myself. And I want to be able to serve and to pour in and to be a blessing to my family. And one way that I'm able to do that is by at night setting myself up for success. I don't watch any TV. I used to. It took a while to get away from that. And we're now at the point that we don't even have a TV hooked up in our house. We do have one in the basement. We'll pull it up and we'll maybe connect something if there's something specific like a movie that we specifically want to watch. But yes, I still have my phone. I try to turn it off or turn it on silent at least, put it somewhere else. And so things like getting the kitchen cleaned up, turning the dishwasher on, maybe throwing a load of laundry, checking what am I making for breakfast in the morning, making sure I have those uh, different ingredients even in the house. Maybe something needs to be taken out of the freezer. What's for dinner tomorrow? Let me go ahead and take some time even then for myself. Maybe that includes right now it's the summer and I love to sit outside in the evening. Take a few minutes, just sit outside, look up at the stars, just take a deep breath in and out. Get a shower. Maybe you've been running around all day and you're a hot, sweaty mess. Take that shower. Do what you need to do to get yourself set up for the next day. Take a look what's even on the schedule for the next day. Maybe it means laying out clothing for your kiddos or for yourself the next day. Also, it means getting everybody to bed on time. Okay, friend, if you are struggling with having an orderly home or you're like, what is even an orderly home? I hope that you can incorporate these couple of ideas. Let me go over them one more time real quick. The first thing is I want you to reduce the stuff in your home. Then I want you to, the things that made the cut, things that are still there, I want you to have a place for everything. Third is when it comes time to clean up and straighten up in the house, children must help. And the fourth is I want you to set yourself up for success at night. Don't waste your time in the evening after the kids are all in bed on something or things that are not going to add to your life. What is going to add to your life? What is going to make your home and your life more orderly so that you all can thrive? Now, if you are looking to set up your homeschool and you want the opportunity for my eyes on your entire homeschool lifestyle, because it's not just homeschool, we also live. We're wives, we're friends, we maintain a home, we live in a community, and homeschooling is an entire lifestyle. If you're saying to yourself, I want to set up my homeschool or my homeschool needs a revamp, 
It needs to be looked at. It really needs, it needs attention because I've just been on survival mode. I said, we're going to homeschool and I never really took the time to pour in and get the foundation. And you want the opportunity to be able to speak to a homeschool mama who's been doing this for a while. And we can talk about orderly homes. That's absolutely fine. So in Clarify Your Homeschool, we do some calls where you get to jump in with a group and you get to ask me questions, anything. There is nothing off limits. And I can be a pretty, pretty open book. But if you are interested in my input on your homeschool, because I would love to be able to give it to you. Do you know why? Because I wish I had someone who would give me input as well. You can head over to clarifyyourhomeschool.com. You can get started today. I would absolutely love and be blessed to be able to come alongside you in your homeschool journey. All right, friends, this has been a really good one and have an amazing rest of your day and a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday morning. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.